So, Father, right now, I open up my heart. I ask that each one of us would open our hearts to hear what you have for us this morning through Chris. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, I'm excited about this message this morning. And the title of this message is Entwined. And it makes sense to me. So after the service, you guys are going, man, that, that, that title had nothing to do with the message. I'm sorry, call it something else. That's fine. But, uh, you know, you just, <laughs> but, but, um, but, but, I'm, but I'm so excited about what God is, is saying and doing because God is moving. I mean, even, even that, that after we we're done with worship, as we we're in that kind of just that break in between and everybody's greeting one another and everything else, the song that was on was a song called Rattle. And there's a line in that song where it says, since when has impossible ever stopped you? And it's talking about, you know, like all the, all the things, that, who our God is. And earlier this week, the other morning, I think, I guess it was probably, I don't know, days have no meaning anymore, Tuesday or Wednesday morning. Um, I just, I woke up way too early because I felt like God was just stirring something in my heart. I was like, God, I really wish you could have just waited till eight. That would have been awesome. But you know, but it was, you know, it was about five o'clock in the morning, and I'm just being being awakened, and God's just stirring things in my heart. And this is what I heard God say. And I believe that it's not just for me, but it's for many of us. I heard God say that the enemy wants to take you out. And if he cannot take you out, he's going to try to wear you out and wear you down. So that you give up. And then I heard God say, and this is not the time to give up. But instead to press in more and to find your strength in him so that you can see the victory. I have a feeling, I know for myself, and I have a feeling that most of us in here, probably all of us, have been at that moment where it just feels like you're going, what in the world? You go, are, are you serious? Come on, God, like for real, right? And the enemy is trying to take you out. And if he can't take you out, he's trying to wear you down and wear you out. And God says, it's not, now is the time more than ever to press more into him. Amen? And as, as I felt like God said that to me, and I'm typing it on my phone as fast as I can, because, you know, I'm like, I'll forget this if I sleep it. Again, you know, and so I'm, I'm ty- typing it into my phone. And as I'm doing that, I felt like God said, now you need to read Psalm 27. And I'm like, ooh, I'm glad he didn't say 119. <laughs> so, you know. But I'm going to read Psalm 27 to us. It'll be up here on the screen. It's 14 verses. And hopefully it won't take me real long. Um, but think about this, because then we're going to talk about some of these things today. It says this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me and eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I've asked of the Lord, and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. 
For he will hide me in the shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. Now just when it says tent, it's talking about in his tabernacle, in his presence, in his church. And I will offer the sacrifices with, with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. When you read that entire chapter in correlation with what I believe that God is speaking to us today about how the enemy is trying to take us out and wear us down and wear us out, this is the response that we have to have. It's about spending time in His presence. It's about recognizing that there are these issues that are coming against us. There are these things that are just not right, that are not okay. But David doesn't give up. He says, your face I will seek. He goes, I will spend more time in your presence, God than I have been before. That very last verse there in verse 14 where it says, wait for the Lord. That's actually a Hebrew word that doesn't mean to just sit around and do nothing. That word wait, like, I mean, when I tell my kids to wait, I mean for them to sit around and do nothing. When my wife tells me to wait, she means for me to shut up and do nothing, right? But that's not what this word wait means. The Hebrew word here is the word, and I'm, if, if you're a Hebrew scholar, I apologize, all right, just ahead of time, because I cannot pronounce these words, so I'm going to do my best, all right? But the Hebrew, here, the Hebrew word here is kavah, and it not only means to wait, but it has such a deep meaning that it actually means to tie together by twisting or to entwine or wrap tightly. And this is the beautiful concept of waiting upon God. It's not a passive waiting. It's a matter of being entwined with Him. It's a matter of taking that and letting it wrap up. I mean, if I have three ropes that are about this big, right? And I entwine them all together, it's a much stronger rope. Correct? So if I've been doing all these things on my own as this one little rope, and God's word is, hey, no, 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 I need you to be entwined with me, why do you think that is? So that I can be stronger together with him. I've tried it out here. Sometimes I do okay. Most of the time, I don't do very well, for very long anyway. But when I become entwined with him, everything changes. You see, 
That last verse out of the Passion Translation, I like the way that they that, that it writes it there, that verse 14 out of Psalm 27. And it says it like this. We had the Passion there. All right, and it says, Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting, for he will never disappoint you. You see, so often I have found in my life that my my disappointment comes from my expectations not being met. Right? Not God's expectations not being met. My expectations of the way I think God ought to do something not being met. And if I'm honest, I can look at probably all of those scenarios and realize that in that moment I was not in those areas where I was allowing disappointment to come, I was not entwined with him. Because I had my own idea of the way that it should look, the way it should work out, the way that it ought to be, and all these other things. And so then it doesn't happen my way, and I get a little bit disappointed. However, when I'm entwined with him, and I can rely upon his strength to carry me through something, I won't ever be disappointed because it's not about me. It becomes about him being faithful to his word. That word wait, it's about being entwined. It's also the same word that that, that is used in in Isaiah chapter 40. And we probably, a lot of us are probably familiar with parts of this, but I'm going to read 28 through 31. And it says, have you not known, have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait, they who kavah for the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love this because it, it, it tells us how to do this. We have to be entwined with him. And when we are being entwined with him, it allows us to actually do things through his power, through his miracle working power that we can't do on our own. Many of us have faced things in our life that we're going, it was only by the grace of God that I was able to walk through this. That's because in that area, whether we started there or finished there, we got there eventually to where we were entwined with him in that area. And we let his grace carry us through. Many times we sit there and think that grace, you know, oh yeah, it's just just this this, uh, um, divine favor. And that's part of it. But man, grace is so deep. It's so rich. Grace is actually the supernatural enablement for us to do the things he's out called us to do. It's him working through us. The Holy Spirit giving us the power to walk into these things. And that only happens when we're entwined. That only happens when we kavah with God. When we are entwined with him, it's not about us. It's about so much more than just us. 
There's another verse in Psalms that actually goes along with this, and, and it's one that probably a lot of us are familiar with as well, and it's Psalm 46.10 where it says, Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. That word there, be still, it's another Hebrew word that is pronounced something like Rapha. I'm sure I don't have enough phlegm, but it's close. <laughs> and that word, that word Rapha, it means, you know, when we sit there and say, be still and know that I'm God, it actually means to sink in to sink down, to be engulfed by. You want to be still and know that he's God? Well, then we have to sink in. We have to sit down. We have to let him engulf us or entwine so that we can do those things he's called us to do. See, both of these words have the connotation that We are not in control. That's hard, man. I can wait as long as I can see what's coming and I can see that it's going to be here in about this long. Okay, no problem. I can wait. But when I actually have to wait and waiting means trusting somebody else or even God to do the very thing that he's asking me to do, that's a lot harder for me to do. I mean, maybe you guys are way better at it than I am, but that's a real challenge for me. We have to allow ourselves to get lost in Him in order to find rest and the peace that we are looking for. Now, another word that I want to discuss a little bit this morning that that came out out of that Psalm, chapter 27, was the word strength or stronghold. And that's there in verse 1. If we can go back to verse 1 again. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That word there for stronghold, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but it it doesn't just mean, how do I say this? Oftentimes, I've read this and I thought, yep, the Lord is the strength of my life. If I do these things, I'm going to be strong. Right? That's not what this word means. This word means that he is a harbor, a shelter from the storm. It is the place that we run when we are in trouble. He's the storm shelter that we have to go to. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Why should I be afraid? Because I know where my refuge is. When we turn to Him as our safety, as our protection, as our harbor, we have no reason to be afraid. We honestly have no reason not to trust that he will do what he said he will do. That's hard. Because sometimes I'm like, okay, God, I I really do trust you, but can you just do it my way once? Just once, man. I mean, that'd be really nice. But we just have to trust. We have to remind ourselves that we can trust him because he is always faithful. It's not some faithfulness of God is not something he does. It is who he is. 
if something that I do, sometimes it's a reflection of who I am, but sometimes I do things that are out of character, out of nature, and you're like, whoops, that was a bad idea. And if we tend to try to separate God's faithfulness as what he does instead of as who he is, we will tend to compartmentalize and then disassociate incorrectly who God really is. And we have to make sure that we remember, no, 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 it's not he doesn't just perform faithful things. He is faithful. Does, Does that make sense? I probably said that really terribly, but... Another verse that I want us to look at is found in Nehemiah. And this verse is great because it shows us how to rest in that harbor. And out of Nehemiah 8, this is after they've rebuilt the walls and now they're reading the law. And, you know, people are realizing, oh, my gosh, we've been disobeying God for all these years. And they had no idea that they were. And now they're being told and many of them are weeping and crying because they're going, oh, God, forgive us. We didn't know. And this was Nehemiah's response. He says, then he said to them, go your way. Eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. And this last line. And do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. That word strength, the exact same word. The joy of the Lord is your harbor. The joy of the Lord is is your refuge. The joy of the Lord is where you find that safety during times of turmoil. It's the joy of the Lord. The verse says that his joy, it is his joy that gives us harbor. His joy will give you refuge. Oftentimes, whenever I would be feeling weak, and I would think of this verse, for the joy of the Lord is your strength, I'd sit there and try to like just think of something to make me laugh. Think of something to make me happy, right, in that moment. I've done that for a long time. And while that's not necessarily a bad thing to do, okay, that's only part of what God wants us to do. For joy. Because reality is it's his joy that make me secure. So if it's true that it's his joy that makes me secure, then I should probably know, okay, well then what is joy? Be a fair thing to ask. Right? The word most used for joy in Hebrew is a word pronounced something along the lines of simcha. And it is... That is, it's, it's multifaceted, like many Hebrew words are, but, but it's, it's this word that is, that, that thing, that un, that response that just happens sometimes when somebody does something funny or, or somebody tells you a joke or, or something, you know, just great where you just laugh. That's simcha. But it's also a choice. Simcha is also a choice that we make to react a certain way. And we can choose to have joy, even when things are not going our way. Because the reality is is that God would not tell us to choose joy if we could not actually choose joy, right? I mean, that would be a really mean trick. 
<laughs> Choose joy. See if you can do it. Come on. <laughs> you can't. That'd be awful, right? That's not who God is. We can choose joy. Guys, the verses that I've read this morning, all these different things, they have told us the importance of being close to God, of being entwined with Him. Even in the face of uncertainty, we can make the choice to wait We can make the choice to choose joy, whatever it might be. The Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians 4.4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Remember, the word rejoice means to be joyful again. So if I'm going to be joyful again about the same thing, that means I have to make the choice to be joyful again. Do you know what that Greek word there is for always? Always. (laughs) Rejoice in the Lord always. But Chris, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't, but he does, and he says rejoice always. Sometimes we get confused and we think we have to rejoice in the situation. That's not what he says. But I can choose to rejoice even when I am in the situation. Do you see the difference? I'm not going to rejoice in the fact that, woohoo, bad medical report, yeah, no. But I can choose to rejoice with God even in the midst of I got a bad medical report. Even when it looks like my finances are going down the drain. When it looks like my retirement, I'm going to work till I'm 935. I can still choose to rejoice, Right? I found myself this week being very challenged by God in this specifically. Because over the last couple months, just, you know, I mean, life's life's crazy, right? And over over the last few months, you're just kind of going, whew, all right. And I wasn't doing a lot of rejoicing. And I found myself even, you know, getting just frustrated with kids for no real good reason, other than the fact that they're kids. You know, I mean, you know, and you're just kind of going... Oh my gosh, I don't care anymore. Stop it. You know, I mean, I'm sure no other parent has ever had that thought. <clears throat> Amber and I, well, I got you, Amber. All right, so it's a... But, but I've just found myself not choosing to rejoice because I was letting all these other things weigh on me. And I haven't enjoyed who I've been for the last few months. I recognize that I was like, man... I wouldn't want to be that guy's friend right now. (laughs) And God began to challenge me. He said, hey, this is a choice that you're making. This is a choice that you can choose to do things differently. So what choice are you going to make? I don't know, God. I don't know which one I want to make, right? No, I'm going to choose to do what he wants me to do. And you know what? Since I made that choice on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever day that was, more crap happened. <clears throat> that offends you. I'm sorry, kind of. But you know, and it's uh, but but you know, but but more stuff has happened. And I've had to make the choice 
how am I going to respond? Am I going to choose to simka? Am I going to choose to kava? Am I going to choose the other words <laughs> and do what he's asking me to do? Or am I just going to sit there in my pity party? Because it didn't go the way I thought it should go. And come on. I want to choose joy in all circumstances. It's one of those things that I say often. Choosing joy in all circumstances is not easy, but it's simple. It's very simple. I have the choice to make. Now, I might make the wrong choice nine out of ten times today. But hey, I, did, I made it right once. And tomorrow, my goal is to make it right two out of ten, at least. Right? And start building and working, saying, yeah, I'm going to make different choices. I want to challenge, I really feel that some of us in this room, we need to choose to laugh a little bit more. We do. Jesse might need to choose to be a little bit more serious. But the rest of us need to laugh a little bit more. (laughs) Because laughter does something in us. It does something for us. I love the way that the Apostle Paul writes it in Romans 15. He says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So he is the God of hope. And Paul's prayer was that he would fill you with all joy and peace. But it's not independent of itself. It's as we trust in him and as we learn how to trust in him. So why? So that then I can overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The way the Passion Translation says it, that same verse, it says it like this. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. Man, the inspiration and the fountain of hope. Some of us are probably a little bit dry because we've been a long time since we've been to that fountain of hope. And the more that we make the choice to go back and be entwined with him, the more that we make that choice to let our roots and our root systems kind of be entwined together with him, it turns us into that ability of being able to say, yes, I can allow his hope to flow through me even when I feel hopeless because of what I might be walking through. Because it's not about me. Guys, the world is going crazy around us. (laughs) Yay, right? (laughs) The world is going crazy around us. But that does not change who our God is. It does not change that his... He is the God of all hope. That's who he is. We have to have our perspective placed where it needs to be. My wife said something to me years ago. I'm almost done, I promise. I'm preaching like Jesse today. But uh, it's a, um, my, my wife said something to me years ago. And I brought this up to her the other day. She goes, I don't ever even remember saying that. But it's something. I mean, my wife tells me all kinds of things. I forget 98% of them. But this is something that for whatever reason, I remember. She told me 
She goes, you know, if it's the end of the world, then you have nothing to worry about. And if it's not the end of the world, then you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> and I sat there and I thought, man, that's, dang, yeah, that's, that's true. And I need to not let so many things weigh so heavily on me because he is the God of all hope. It's who God is, right? And so we need to be able to start standing on those things. I cannot control what's going to happen tomorrow, but I can control how I spend today and if I'm going to choose to be entwined with him or not. That's my challenge to us this week. I want us to make sure that we are looking and recognizing the importance of being able to say, yes, I need to be more entwined with him. I was talking to a friend of mine this week on the phone and we were, we were just talking about like how much different would our lives look if for just 30 minutes, well, he actually said an hour and I'm like, man, 10 minutes would make all the difference in the world on this. But if for 10 minutes a day, I completely surrendered my agenda and everything that I am to the power of the Holy Spirit. Seriously, for 10 minutes where I just said, all right, God, I give up. I'm not going to come pray to you, tell you all my blah, 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 and everything else. I just want you to come and fill me. How much different would my life look? And if we all did that, how much different would all of our lives look? How much different would our families look? How much different would everybody who we come in contact with look? Because now we would be seeing them through more of the eyes of God and we would be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit more in that area of our lives rather than just being in the mundane and the mud and the muck and the mire of everything else that we're walking through. You see, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if I let the Holy Spirit have full control over my life, then I have no other option but to produce that fruit. But I have to be willing to choose to surrender to Him. And if I'm willing to surrender to Him... Man, wouldn't my life be better? Wouldn't the circumstance I'm walking through, wouldn't whatever it is you know, that, that I'm dealing with, wouldn't it be better if I had more of his joy, more of his love, more of his patience, definitely more of his kindness and his goodness, more of his faithfulness, more of his self-control? Everything would be better if. But that means I can't be in control. As Americans, we love to be in control. I love it. I'm in charge. You can't tell me what to do. But God can. The funny thing is God does. And oftentimes I say, oh, God, you don't know who I am. Oh, shoot. Yeah, no, I don't know who you are. You're God. I need to stop. If we start allowing him, if we start asking and allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us on a daily basis, our lives will be forever changed and those around us will be forever changed. And we will learn what it means to be entwined with him. That didn't happen overnight. It took years of growing together and being entwined. So don't get discouraged if you go, man, I've been doing this for a week and I still don't feel like I'm entwined with God. 
Okay. Keep doing it. Does this make sense this morning? So let's stand and pray. We're going to be dismissed. We're going to have the prayer team up here. Prayer team, if you guys want to go ahead and come on up. And after, we're, after we are dismissed, the prayer team will be up here to pray with you for anything that you need, anything that you want. Uh, we would love to be able to pray with you about that. We're also going to have snacks out in the Fellowship Hall, so, so be, be a part of that as well. Stick around and get, get to know people. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, I thank you for, for showing us the importance of what it means to wait on you, to be still and to be entwined with you. God, I ask that you would show us the areas of our lives that have to be entwined with you. And God, I ask that that you would also help us be able to make the choice of joy in our life. God, I want to be able to choose joy even in the midst of everything else going on. God, I, I, I ask that you would just touch every single family here, whatever it is that they're walking through. God, we ask for just the power of your presence just to flow through this place and just let the peace that passes all understanding just flow over us today. God, I ask that you would help us to be able to give and surrender those areas of our lives so that we can allow the Holy Spirit to have complete control, not just of a peace, but of all of it. Because God, I want to produce the fruit that you have said that we need to produce. Jesus, we love you and we thank you And in your name we pray, amen. Guys, you're dismissed. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you all next Sunday.